Good morning, I should say crazy morning. Let's get pre-market prep started. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's pre-market prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. Let's bring Triple D right in right away. I want to make sure uh, that he has not spotted any aliens yet. Triple I've been D. looking. I'm telling you, I'm looking up to the skies. I'm looking. It's cloudy here, though. So here's the problem. We're near in Georgian Bay up here. It's always cloud cover half the time. But there's a little peak of a sun there. So, yeah. No, uh, I think. So, anyways, we should just get into. Oh, look. We found an alien. We have found an alien. We have an actual official sighting of an alien. The X-Files are coming to life. Man, I'm spooked out now. <laughs> I'm spooked out now. We have an actual sighting here. Mitch Hotch. He's an I'm alien. I'm coming. We're coming for you. We're Money floating Mitch. above, man. He's We're now known above. as Alien Mitch. He's now known <laughs> as Alien Mitch. All right, this Triple D, let us know what's going on. Did, it, did we just alien back to growth? I think we did. That's what we're seeing. Technology stocks going up. So, okay, if you were not on social media over the weekend here, it was lots of fun. Not just for Super Bowl, which we won't even talk about the call because the call <laughs> ruined the whole game with two minutes to go. So let's just forget about the call. We all know what the call is. It was a ridiculously light call, in my opinion. Should not have been called to decide a Super Bowl. But that's what it did. It decided the Super Bowl. So that's the end of the all Super right, Bowl. Right. Aliens, aliens. Let's get on to the alien stuff here, which is, you know, a conspiracy theory at this point in time. We don't know what these are. But what has happened over the course of the last few days, we know we had a Chinese spy balloon shot down. Well, now there has been three more uh, metallic objects shot down over North America here. Uh, one about 150 miles from where I live. So, so I was like, ooh, that's kind of close. Lake Huron, not too far um they don't know what the, i listened to the pentagon call on this i listened to it after the football game um they just some somebody had it streamed and, and taped they don't know so they won't say they don't know what these metallic objects are they don't know how they're flying because they don't appear to have any propulsion um and then they asked well why are you shooting them down i said because they're over dangerous space or they're concerned that an aircraft civilian aircraft could fly into them by accident they don't know what they're doing. They're concerned about spying. So Republican government, a lot of the officials are saying they're Chinese spies, Chinese spy drones. Probably. I, I'm kind of leaning that way myself. I think it's probably some type of spy drone. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, you've got the conspiracy theorists that say we're on a full-on alien invasion here. They've shot down three of them in the last four days. There's probably more. Who knows? This is the story, though, that was, uh, if you weren't talking Super Bowl on social media, you were talking about the aliens. So it's kind of fun to think alien invasion. The market doesn't seem to care. We're trading up 12 handles here. So alien invasion or no alien invasion, the market is trading higher. Joel, what are your thoughts here on the potential alien invasion? 
Well, we were we were debating whether we would get a lower open. We did get a little bit of a lower open, but uh, we've been crawling back. We're back in a 4100 handle. I uh, got a little bearish at the end of last week. I'm still gonna I'm still gonna keep that hat on here. Uh, I'm looking at like a swing area, like 4117. Uh, we haven't hit that yet this morning. Pre market high 4115. Uh, took it down to 70, 70, 78, 75. Not much there. So. So far, so good. Starting out, climbing back out of the wall of worry. Uh, you know, the, the rotation we talked about. I guess we need technology to, to fight or to live with the aliens. Or the, <laughs> or, or the aliens are going to bring us new technology. And that, that's it's gonna a be, good idea. That's going to be good I for everything. So. Oh, yeah. Steal the technology. Why not? <laughs> I think the well, biggest thing is with, is with the aircrafts. Right. I mean, you don't. Yeah, you know, yeah, I think that's what, you know, they have to do is say, you know, if it's going to be flying into something. But it was just like, uh, you know, like before the Super Bowl, I'm like, I told Lisa, I'm like, oh, man, what timing for this kind of stuff? You know, we're going to, uh, you know, our guards are going to be down. It's everyone's going to be watching the Super Bowl. Yeah. And uh, and so far, you know, so far, the market's doing what it's done pretty much the whole year. And uh, it's pulled back. And uh, and now we're rallying again, but uh, we got another. I, 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 I actually alien trade. If you know, if there's an alien trade into technology out of you know value, that is kind of what's happening this morning. I don't think this is affecting the markets at all because I think the markets have this chalked up just to you know foreign intelligence is what this really is. This is spying, spying mm -hmm. on the U.S. These probably have been there. So after listening to the Pentagon call, I also got this that they have severe, like significantly raised their radar detection here over the last few days because of the chinese spy balloon so the general who was on talking about this is saying these metallic objects could have been here we just weren't detecting them because we weren't looking that closely but now that we're looking more closely we're finding these other things as well that's why i tend to lean towards probably chinese spy balloons spy, spy drones maybe you know they've got them you know floating and they said they're moving very slowly like the speed of wind so that sounds to me like they're just floating along in the wind, these things. They're metallic, so they're floating somehow. Um, they haven't recovered any either. They asked, and the one that they shot down over Lake Huron is now in the water. So that's going to be hard. Divers would have to go down and get that one. The one over Alaska, they haven't recovered yet either. So until they recover these things, we're not going to know that much about it. But I think it's probably foreign intelligence is what I think this is, um, spying on us. And I also think in any regard... It's probably good for your defense stock. So if you do look this morning, it's because okay. you're defending against other nations, defending against aliens, regardless, Lockheed Martin is going to be in favor. So LMT is up five bucks on this. Yep. That's the first one you think about. You think about NOC. NOC trading up here this morning too. Hasn't traded much, but it's bid up four dollars, bid up almost five dollars right now, four sixty-eight. I can see that with the odd lot trading up three dollars. Also, General Dynamics trading up almost one percent as well. LHX is another one, L3 Harris, that's trading up as well. So there you go. Those are your defense plays. If you think you're going to start seeing more of these metallic objects and then be shooting them down more, these stocks could stay in favor. And these stocks are not expensive, folks. They kind of are value stocks. I don't know the LMTPE last time I looked, but I don't think it's trading even out of market multiples. So um, we could go grab that or Money Mitch could grab it in the background. So it's a little bit of a value trade here, too. But that's, you know, the play. If you think you're going to see a lot more of these metallic objects getting shot down, maybe those LMT, NOC, General Dynamics, those might stay in favor for a bit here.
All right, just uh, one final thing, and then I triple D. I know you got a super busy morning, but yeah, uh, I'm not going to be with you the whole show. I got a crazy busy morning here. What I what I was, uh, and we probably I'm the, probably the only one in the chat is going to remember this, but uh, you know, I was thinking about you know what was going on. We would text it back and forth, and there was a movie I think at any given Sunday with Al Pacino. <laughs> with Al Pacino, yeah, you remember yeah, I know that, that one? one. I yeah, know that one. yeah. I know old one. It, what was that one about? That's a football movie. Okay. Yeah, and I, I think there was a wasn't there a terrorist attack on uh, the Super Bowl? Oh, so you're thinking was, like that? Yeah, yeah. so I'm thinking. You're worried about the aliens coming in on yeah, the yeah, yeah, the yeah. Wow, how about that halftime show? But we're not. Gonna I am get not a Rihanna movie. fan, so I give it two thumbs down because I just don't what? like Rihanna's music. The technology. You don't like Rihanna's cool. music? No, no. Come I'm on, stuck in it. Man. Dude, look at me. Me and Joel Come are not going to like Rihanna man. music. We're like 70s, 80s, 90s. I'm like, like stuck in those eras. In this sky. is nothing rock and roll. I'm like rock and roll. Grunge era was good. I even like gangster rap. You guys you know, want those old guys that can't Rihanna. rock anymore? Come on, man. I am not into Rihanna. So I'm sure the show was fine. If you liked her music, you probably loved the show. I'm just not a fan of her music. So that's why I really wasn't into it. Diamonds in the sky. Come on, yeah. pull them up, Ooh, man. Diamonds in the sky. Aliens in the diamonds. sky. Diamonds. Diamond hands, outfits. baby. Diamond on. hands coming out. Yeah, no, I wasn't into it. So I just don't like her music. It's nothing against her. I just don't like her style of music. Sorry. I, I, I think it was a good. Pres I think it was a good performance. But hey, to I'm each sure it own, was. Right? I just to couldn't get over that I don't like her music. I'll tell you one thing. Music. Don't put me up like 40 feet up like that. 60 feet up like she, she was. She was tethered Ooh. off. You see the rope? My it doesn't matter, Dennis. She's like she's tied off. I'm like, Dennis, oh, she is. have you been held up 80 feet off they the ground off of a tether? They fall. They were tethered <laughs> off. They were fine. No, but uh, honestly, I, I I've seen that movie fall. I can't I can't go on that. Uh, but did you I guys see the advertising? You know, yeah, the commercials are good. What about some of those commercials? Some of them were pretty well, good. I, I wanted to bring up a quick mention before we get Dennis out of here. That, do you know that 2022 Super Bowl advertisers, those were the ones you should have been buying, right? FTX, Carvana, oh DraftKings, Seriously? Uber Eats, That's a Meta Oculus. You would have been killing it. Oh, no, man. the complete opposite, Well, that's not good right? news for CrowdStrike I mean... or Workday. <laughs> Because they were in there. Bush Light killed it. I love that Bush Light commercial with Sarah McLaughlin. Did you see that one near the end? I was laughing. The Bush Light cracks. And then Sarah starts talking about saving the animals. Then he cracks the Bush Light. Wrong commercial, Sarah. <laughs> it was a little bit aggressive. You know, I'm sure Bushy, there's some Bush. animal uh, hey, you know, they know their organizations audience. that are not going to love that. But they know it, their it was funny. Though. The Bush Light one was good. Um, I like the one with the Caddyshack, which was uh, um, Michelob Ultra. The Caddyshack, <laughs> where they did the whole play, and Bill Murray was at the end there. He cracks, yeah, cracks the beer and shakes the ball in the hole. That one was pretty good. we got to be yeah. careful, right? Investing in companies that come out with some expensive advertising in the Super Bowl. The beer, because you the never know. It could be the top. There, it could what be else the top, did you like? Right? Which commercials do you like, Joel? I actually I didn't watch the commercials. Come on. I didn't. Come on. I don't know. I was just oh, like the Duncan one. I didn't have I didn't have any action on the game. I just did it. I don't know. I actually uh I was uh, a good friend, uh a friend of the family, her husband oh, the breaking bad. planned a surprise party. So we were I went to a surprise party. I had to take the kids show off and put the Super Bowl on and I just kind of watched it out of the corner of my eye. So I don't know. I didn't 
I didn't have any money on the game. I didn't have any squares for the first time in a couple hundred years. Uh, I did, you know, uh, I did some sui- did suicide pools. I don't know. Uh, you well, know, I'm pretty gambler. You didn't, you know, what? Um, I'm very. You didn't I'm, bet on the refs. I didn't bet on anything. I was. Michigan I heard. Had a I heard. Game. I have. I have some inside scoop. The referee was an AI, and that's what happened. They're screwing it up with all those. Oh, yeah, that, that call. It, and I heard he was a part of I Google's AI. As soon as they made that call, I'm like, the Not game's Microsoft. over. As soon as that call was made, the game was over. It was done. I'm like, yeah. you can't. That, that, as soon as the call was made, you knew the game was over. It was done. I'm like, okay. they literally ended the game on that hold. That was an awesome football game. And they literally ended the game. They just milked the clock right down to the end, kicked the field goal. Wish they would have missed the kick after all that. Dennis, the field goal nine seconds down, throw the Hail Mary, and there's no chance. I mean, it was. Do we stuck. need? Do we need AI referees? Is that what it is? I, I mm, maybe they, they would be ticky tacky right call now, everything. Right? The AI referees would call everything though. Well, so who, that would be horrible. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe they have like a ten percent leeway, right? Well, or built into the coding. Oh, right? then they're just like humans then. Well, I, I mean, yeah, we'll I don't know who the ref was. I never looked up his name or nothing, but holy, he decided a football game. He really did. It was a tough call. If you're an Eagles fan, you are like crucifying that referee. Yeah. If you're a Chiefs fan, you love does, that referee. Does DraftKings sell off after the Super Bowl? They typically mm. do. They typically do. Did it run up, though? It didn't really run up into it, though, either. I mean, so. in January effect wasn't too bad for them, right? 50% yeah. move. Yeah. 60% move to the top right there at 18. They That's typically, not... yeah, they typically do sell off afterwards. So just keep that in mind, the gambling stocks, which, you know, they really didn't have a run into it though. So I'm not sure it's going to apply. OMGM was up, but that was on earnings. So, you know, Caesar's kind of his broken trend, C Zebra R. You know, people think of DraftKings right away, but, you know, big players are there, Caesar, MGM as well. Yeah. So. I, I don't know. I think you just got to be cautious chasing them here at this point because this is the big event. This is the one that everybody's gambling on. And sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, buy on the Super Bowl and sell after the Super Bowl. We have seen that before. So I'd be cautious on these. All right. And uh, just comment? one thing the, the Eagles, are, they have uh, officially changed their uh, slogan. What are they now? Cry, Eagles, cry. Oh. Kramer hates you now, Joel. Oh. I, and I do want to see what Kramer has to <laughs> at say. Spoos, here. I feel not at Money Mitch or at Triple It's D. so tough. I mean, it is so tough. I've, you know, been to the, you know, obviously with the Tigers, we got to the finals twice. You know, we didn't on the first time the Tigers got there. We forgot how to throw to first base. You know, oh, they yeah, threw away, literally ball. threw away. And then the second time, we just, you know, we just got killed. Yeah, we just got killed. So and then my Oilers, you know, I'm an Edmonton Oilers fan. They got to the finals back in 2006 and got to game seven, third period, lose right at the end. I mean, it's tough. When you get that close, that close to victory, 32 teams, you know, in these leagues, 30 plus teams in all these leagues, you don't have a very good chance, like 33 to 4% chance a year, unless you're like the Yankees or the Red Sox. But I mean, it's tough. So you get that close. It's so, you know, disappointing as a sports fan. If you're an Eagles fan, I feel bad for you, Jim Cramer, today. Because when your team loses and you're that close, it's like the Lions, you know, we don't ever feel bad, Joel. We never even get close. So, you know, you feel bad. You're, you're ticked off all year. But you're not like that heartbreak moment. We don't have that heartbreak moment. Because we never get our hopes up enough for the Lions anyways to have that heartbreak moment. So yeah. it's tough. Feel bad right. for the Eagles fans. All right. I'm going to let you go, Triple D. But I yeah, did I do have to go. 
a really good assist guys tomorrow so we got stomach flu problems all over this house right now i'm just getting over it um i've got to go deal with the kids here because my wife is like in bed with the stomach flu so today is like crazy day for me um but i will be back at you guys tomorrow joel mitch have got this show we've got a whole bunch of material here for you stick around lots of good guests come out i saw a really good david mcconnor assist over the weekend david mcconnor he had a really good i love assist. joel david mcconnor i love he had, he had a great did you see that assist that that's he had? crazy i know that was the a great circle. the spinorama shorthanded holds it it was like the assist of the year i got it <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, get right go get them uh, right. rotation 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 this morning we are seeing clear rotation from value to growth i don't know if it lasts i'd be cautious we got tesla trading higher here but it's already starting to like actually tesla trading lower it was up two bucks this morning so you're already seeing that rotation come off so keep that in mind the rotation we were seeing earlier this morning is already starting to come off so keep in mind technology stocks were strong this morning starting to roll over here lots of rotation value or growth it's not both right now it's one or the other figure out the day see you all right, let's get towards the action. Now we're going to keep moving towards, let's talk a little bit about the AI stocks, right? They've definitely been getting lift lately. And it looks like uh, someone has a cover of Barron's. They want oh, yeah, to yeah, I do. Uh, I do. Where did I throw that? Yeah, yeah, I read my ba back to reading Barron's. There you go, free Barron's advertisement. Uh, let's see, Alphabet CIO, AI's most profound technology we are working on today. Uh, Nadella, AI will fundamentally change every software category, starting with the largest category of all search. And then uh, Zuck, AI is the foundation of our discovery engine and our ads business. So uh, not a bad article. There's actually two of them. And uh, one of them uh, expressed my skepticism because AI has been around for a long time. I mean, th this is this is nothing new. Um, and the technology is only as good as what you could really program into it, right? Correct. But, uh, uh, Mitch, there's different categories, right, that they, they had. Should we yeah. go through, we go through go them? Through, yeah, let's go through it. So Barron's had the front lines, right, some major companies that are going to be definitely getting some lift on this. We've already been talking about them, right, Google and Microsoft. Now the only question is who really will win in this situation or will they both just see the lift? I think at the end of the day, they both will get some lift, right? Uh, Google will probably get it right because of their search data. But as we can clearly see right now, it looks like Microsoft is in the lead with chat GPT versus uh, Google's Bard, right? That had some issues already. So now do these stocks get another lift? Google definitely sold off hard last week. Will it catch the bounce this week yeah i'm just looking at this one technically i mean i um it had you know that they killed it they killed it off bard is what theirs called b-a-r-d but you know what chat gbt they it, it also makes mistakes i mean none of these are perfect it's just a momentum trading algorithm driven market but i think i think if google's gonna hold i i think this is the area it's gonna hold it's already given back half of the move uh, it filled the gap that it had from January 19th. Couple big red bars. I thought it might rally on Friday. Uh, market kind of worked against it, uh, but I mean, leading on that low, that low from last week at 93.86, we're trading up a little bit in the pre-market. Uh, the thing I noticed too about uh, about Microsoft is that it just it had those crazy interday gains, but look look at the way it gave it back. So people were looking at this as just nothing but a selling opportunity. 
of course, we've had that, you know, the analyst action early in the year. And then, you know, we had the nice rally, but I mean, it was sold and it was it, people sold hard into this rally. So uh, trading up 384 today, uh, trading just under the highs of the pre-market session. That's 267.45. Um, tough to go on the dailies because, man, a lot of people stuck from those two uh, big red bars. So right now, I I mean, you know, if, it, if I had to choose one over the other, I'd, I'd, I'd go with the Google over the Microsoft, just based on, the, you know, being a little bit contrarian on the price action. All right, let's get towards the other, not the front lines, but maybe the arms dealers here. Let's take a look at NVIDIA, Adobe, AMD, and IBM. Let's start rolling through those charts. NVIDIA definitely strong since that inverse head and shoulders around the 193 level. Will it pull back to that 190? It's been holding the 90 EMA on pullbacks and keeping a close eye on that. We'll look to see if it can continue the trend. 208 for me, if I was holding in on the long side here, uh, you got down to that area tw two times, three times, or well, two times last week, and then one time uh, a week ago Friday. So as long as you hold 208, to me, the uptrend's still intact here, trading up in the pre-market. Not sure how high they got this thing in, in the uh, in the pre-market pre trading here. Uh, over 228. What do we get to? Uh, 229.98. Uh, Nvidia, uh, IBM gets to mention uh, also is you know supply. I mean they went back to uh, you know Watson and then um, you know the Jeopardy thing that we mentioned. Uh, this thing had the nice pullback, the 50% retracement. This whole moves 135. It's holding in here, getting a little pop in the pre-market. I know Triple D picked that up. Uh, so there, I mean, it's consolidating. I think if you're attempting along here, you have an easy out. I think the low was in the 133 handle. A and B, uh, boy, a little bit tougher. Holding above the gap area, trading up 70 cents. I think for this stock, I would see 82.71. It's a big level. That's Friday's high on the upside. You had Thursday's close just above it. And who else felt? Did we get everyone in that category, Mitch? Did we, did we touch Adobe? Adobe's no, I haven't looked at Adobe. Uh, A D B E. Adobe. How are we doing in Adobe here? Uh, boom, coming up off the monthlies. Chart not looking too bad. Anything on the dailies? Mm, we got room up. Wow, it was like 372. So, you know, let's just keep an eye. Can we take out Friday's high? 74.52. Uh, if we go red, I don't know for dead. The close is seventy ninety nine. Unless some aliens come in. Let me, Mitch, let me know if any aliens come in during the show. They uh, might. They might. I hear them the, in the background. The low. The low uh, from last week, uh, three sixty seven. I think that's a big number on the downside because that was also your February first low in Adobe. We'll see what happens in Adobe. One stock that I say keep a close eye on Adobe. I've been watching. Uh, CRM and how strong that has been. I'm keeping a close eye to see if that can continue the strength because if that continues the strength, I do think that you can see some of these software names get the lift. I know Oracle's also following that similar area. Um, so I think all three of them kind of similar, keep watch on those stocks to see what happens there. Okay, right. the little speculative guys, right? Yeah, let's let's go into those speculative bets. I mean, definitely there's been bets in here, and I've heard everyone try to find some kind of relationship with the AI. And of course, why not just look at AI, right? The ticker AI. We all seen that how that's been a big rip. 
Will it get back and get another run here? I definitely saw a turnaround around 28 that day on Monday, last week Monday, when we went up to 3092s. We'll look to see if we can get back towards that 28. If you do get back there, I think you might get towards that test of 31. So they did. They already did that. They did the offering, right? Then, or they put it out there at a price of uh, of twenty. Did they do that? They complete that? Did they change the price on that? Because, uh, you know, when you get a stock, you know, trading so much above it, I mean, that's obviously a a, a good sign here. Uh, this is, man, you had to hide from last week, right? And they, they also said, um, you know. Uh, if you read that Barron's article, I mean, even the the, the the founder and the CEO of the company, I mean, they're like, we're not there yet. This is like, this is not something that's happening tomorrow. He was a little skeptical. We've had about a 10-point break here from that high of 30.92. So if I'm holding on this on the long side, I'd really like to see this back at like 27, 27, 27 and a half and hold. Uh, the longer it takes to get back half of this move, more of a chance of uh uh, rolling over uh, last week's low was the low for the week at uh, 2156. Uh, they also mentioned, uh, and this has been brought up before, S O U N. That's a little bit smaller of a stock. Uh, nothing really sticking out to me on the charts. And then there's BBAI. Now, this was a new one to me. Uh, a lower price stock, Big Bear AI Holdings. I think they are more tied to the to the U.S. government, the DOD, with their contracts. Uh, but that pulled back. But for all these stocks, let's get uh, you know, let's get a balance. Let's let's hold the lows that it made at the end of the week and get back half of these moves. And was there a fourth one that I missed there? Um, no, there's three there. The only thing I wanted to clear up on AI, there is no offering. That was no? probably Motorsports that you confused it with. Um, right, the, right. the motorsports one, um, I think that's the one that had the offering in the 20s, MSCM. <laughs> um, but you could see they did another offering, I think at four or something like that, some crazy thing. Um, uh, so definitely that one's a little bit scary, but AI, no offering, just no want to clear offering. that up. Okay, it's just okay. more long, just momentum coming back down a little bit. We'll see if it's able to hold the momentum and get the next push. We'll see. I mean, I feel like the AI trade really started breaking down with Google. Last week, I say you just keep watch on, on that. If Google can start coming back, maybe the AI names can hang in there. We'll see what happens there. All right, let's go into some ratings. I wanted to take a look at one of them that was interesting. Definitely thought it was cool. Evercore coming in on group uh, Zillow, Zillow Group. So ZG, you guys can take a look at that. Um, thought this was interesting. I didn't think people would be looking at housing as an opportunity, but Evercore coming in here, raising it to outperform in a target of $61. So I thought that was a pretty interesting rating upgrade here on Zillow Group. Uh, it's a runner. Uh, this in both directions, as you could tell, looking at the upper right chart. So it's got the momentum going to the upside. So I'm, I'm not going to stand in front of it. Uh, you're trading at the highs of the pre-market session, right around 45 bucks. Uh, if you want to go to your dailies, um, only one high at 4569, uh, but I see a pair of highs just under 4650. That's only a buck and a half away. Uh, after that, opens up into the 47 handle. You can see your daily highs. Uh, if you're looking to buy this, you know, perhaps on a dip, uh, maybe you see that closing price of a uh, 43 bucks. Uh, better yet, I'd say the top of yesterday's range. At 43.41, I'll call that support now. 
uh, ZG, uh, you know, moving uh, in sympathy. That's trading up two bucks. You can grab your same technical levels here. Uh, I say the only reason that maybe we should have been leaning bullish in these stocks a little bit is, um, you know, I mean, our home builders, I mean, they're holding up. I mean, you could say what you want about interest rates. You could say what you want about a recession. Uh, but I mean, these things, these, you can't tell me these charts are looking bad here. Look at DHI near, uh, near all time highs. We'll go XHB. Uh, boom, boom, boom. Home builder. That is a way to get to its all time high. So, you know, if there's a recession, it doesn't look like it's hitting the housing market yet. And uh, let's see. We'll see what that upgrade is going to do to Zillow. All right, now let's go to one earnings stock that I just kind of reported right when we were getting the show started, which was Monday.com. So M-N-D-Y, right? You guys can take a look at that. That's getting a little pop. We'll see if we can get towards the 150 EPS at 44 cents beat the 30 seven loss estimate uh sales at 149.9 million beat the 141.23 million estimate and they do see fiscal revenue at 688 to 693 million q1 revenue of 154 to 156 but a surprise beat there big beat right loss of 37 cent estimate 44 cents on the eps there so that's a 218 percent uh, surprise to the upside on the EPS for Monday. All right. I, I like your levels. I'm not going to have not hit uh, the levels that you've talked about yet. Uh, if you're trading this from the long side up 1452, uh, not a, a little bit of volume trading here, but I look at the, your high from last week as a target, uh, 149.30. Uh, another target on the upside, 150.14, right? So let's call that whole 150 area. You like that? Uh, that's only a little over uh, four bucks away. Just uh, be careful on these. I mean, if they, if this, you know, if they, someone comes in that, you know, to sell the rip on this, um, I can see us maybe getting to the top of yesterday's range. The top of yesterday's range comes in at uh, 139.63. So that is what you're looking at in Monday. Um, and DY, good stock to re report earnings on a Monday, huh? Yeah, not bad, right? I think someone selected that. And now let's go to uh, another ratings. Let's go to BOA, security upgrading fastly to buy, raising the price target to $16. So fast, uh, definitely getting the lift this morning up about 9%. We'll see if this can keep pushing. Seems like it got a little bit of a push there towards 52.50. Definitely not a company that I've ever traded. So I don't know if you know a little bit more, Joel. Do you ever trade fast? Maybe a little bit a long time ago. Uh, that's a Sean Udall favorite. Uh, mm. Definitely kind of from higher prices. Uh, in the pre-market, seems like you have a little bit. Someone has a little of opinion, just under eleven bucks here. They're not. They're not super aggressive. They're not out there hitting bids. But I'm looking over the past couple hours, and you got a lot of highs here between. Let's call it between ten seventy and ten ninety. Uh, that coincides nicely with the high that you had on Friday, or excuse me, on Thursday at 11.02. So I think, you, you know, you, you, you get rid of that seller there. It's already up 97 cents. It's a pretty big move for it. Things open up after 11, but it looks like that, that seller that you had out there uh, on Friday, 
uh, or excuse me, on Thursday. Friday, it had a bad day. I'm not sure what happened. It had a much lower open. Uh, not that much of a lower open. 10.21 versus 10.11. But uh, room above 11 if Fastly could clear that area. Yeah, it looks like Fastly reports on Wednesday. So shout out to you guys that mentioned that. Definitely. Let's take a look at an interesting play here. I know that you saw mentions of it in Barron's, but I think it's also interesting also just technically wise is about Hertz, the Hertz, the Hertz. Remember, they started getting those uh, Teslas, right? And that, that gave them a little bit of a lift and they came back and now it's bumping up, bumping up. I think that's like a four star level right above towards the 1950s. But you got I'll it. let Joel talk about that level. Little Barron's love, little Barron's love helping out. We're all about the Barron's are moving some stocks today to the upside. Uh, S&P's did hit that, uh, that 41.15 area. We are backing off. We're still in the green here, folks. But uh, going to be real important for the bulls here to push us through that uh, that pre-market high. Above that, I think, you know, I think you get a little bit of the bears on the run. But uh, 41.15 pre-market high, that's a good uh that's a good weekly number for you. Going back to the Hertz, uh, last week's high, 1947. This uh, uh, Thursday, you hit 1943. So you're right, Mitch. We'll make that at least a three-star. Haven't quite hit it yet in the pre-market. Uh, so be careful. If you don't get up, take out that 1950. Keep going. Could get a little bit of a fade. Um, if the market turns with this one, 1870, you know, uh, a little bit of a retreat, 1875. That was the top of the range from yesterday, Friday. We'll see what happens there in Hertz. And for that being mentioned, right, I think everyone's going to want to just take a peek. Let's take a peek at the Tesla. What are you seeing on the charts technically wise as we haven't taken a look since Friday? Of course, we keep an eye out on this stock. It did get above the 200 last week. Will we get back above that 200 this week? Well, first of all, uh, Mitch, you're the one that was uh, uh, picking on the stock. So yeah, I'm still picking on it. Still I got a tiny on. bit, tiny bit still. Good. You're holding on. You're holding on. Uh, let's see here. Uh, bad day on Friday, right? Uh, it was a bad day on Friday. Let's go to the daily. So you got uh, an indecisive bar on Thursday, and then you cracked that 200 yesterday. Um, I say, look at get through yesterday's low. This is going to be pesky. Uh, if the market starts to roll over, and uh, you can take out this 92.89, uh, you got a pair of loads uh, right at the 189.40 area. Uh, coming back on the upside, this is where it gets tougher to pick out resistance. Because uh, you had such that big fall yesterday. But uh, I'll throw resistant uh, psychological 200 for now. You know, you had a couple of days, people are scratching their head. Wow. Three days it traded over 200 after nearly breaking into double digits. Uh, so I'll give you that level. That's psychological 200 level now. Uh, important to hold Friday's low at 192.89. We'll see what happens there in Tesla. I also heard last week, right, they started raising the price back to their vehicles. How will that affect, right? Will they start seeing demand drop off? Something to keep in mind. Um, now, let's keep going. We're going to go to one um, stock that we'll be reporting, right, uh, before the bell tomorrow. We got Coca-Cola on the, the docket here. So let's take a look at Coke, how it's been performing as of late. Of course, hmm. these are kind of more in that value name and started pulling back, right? And 
I saw these pull back. Uh, Pepsi led the run last time. Wonder if Pepsi leads the run this time. Look at that chart already getting a little bit of a spike there. So I'm wondering if Pepsi's leading a little bit up here. And then I'll look to see if Coke can follow today. Trying to get rid of these lines on here. Not doing a good job. Uh, Coca-Cola hasn't been performing as well as Pepsi. I'm looking at Pepsi from earnings. Man, they sold it off on the actual earnings day, but then they bought it back on Friday. So not gleaming much from uh, their reports. Coca-Cola, uh, I can give you hmm, support. Looking on the dailies, where you're trading up 13 cents. I really nothing here for you. Uh, 58.88 was uh, the low for Friday. That looks pretty safe for now. Uh, head of the report, 59.90. Maybe you know people are trying to wiggle out at it's uh, 60. Um, so that's what I'm, you know a little bit of a maybe tight range today ahead of the earnings report. All right, there's plenty of earnings that will be coming up. Like always, you guys can keep up with our earnings calendar. We have it up on our Twitter, at Benzinga. You guys check it out. Give it a download so you guys can keep up with all the earnings action. Or, like always, you guys can just keep up with the earnings action with Benzinga Pro. But now we got our guest. You guys know what time it is. I heard you asking, where's the quas? Where's the quas? It's right here. It's coming on right now. Let's get him on. Tim Quas, you guys know him, Market Structure Edge. They want to know where's the data, the data leads. So let us know, Tim, what's going on in the markets? Are we finally turning around or did the aliens keep us higher? Right. It, it, uh, we'll see whether these balloons can keep the market aloft. Good uh, Market Structure Monday to you both. Joel, good to see you. Mitch, good to see you. We're Dennisless. Where's Dennis? Is he? Uh, he's, well, he's tough. He's, he's in the cave right now. He's dealing with some other issues out there like always. We always got some extra out there, and especially when you have some kids. Shout out to you guys that have kids out there. I don't know how you do it. I can barely handle myself. But the, Well, I thought, well, you know, he's Canadian that, uh, that the, you know, the Canadians probably just ran and hid. From all the balloons, <laughs> the Only balloons, kidding. the balloons—they made it to kidding. Canada, right? Just, just—it's too cold out there. How are those balloons staying up there, man? Good, good, good point, Mitch. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get to the market structure edge data. What is going on? What is it telling us in the overall market? So we can take a look. Well, so you know, we used to say <clears throat> that uh, you can't. Well, we still do. Probably do. You know, there there are three things that you can't fight. And it, and it used, used to be four. So, you know, you can't fight the Fed. We know that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you can't fight City Hall. I guess you can, <clears throat> but it's, a, you know, it's a tough battle. Uh, you, you can't fight the king, but we did that successfully. So that was number four that's kind of gone away. And then fourth is you can't fight the tape, right? So that's, uh, those are the things that, that we're told. So, what does the tape tell? I think the tape says everything. And I, when I say the tape, I think of market structure, uh, the mechanics of the market. Uh, you could say in the, the first part of this earnings season, I mean, stocks did pretty well. Uh, tech had a, just a fabulous uh, January. Tesla, until, what, two days ago, was up 100%. Uh, we could rattle through all the things that we talked about last week. I, I went through a whole bunch of stocks that have done, were up 30, 40, 50, 80%. Uh, 
so then what changed? Well, I would say that what's changed, and this is very important, traders and investors, these are things that if you have money in the market during an earnings season, which most of us do, uh, and I'm differentiating here between the long term uh, and the shorter term activities. Uh, although I would say, you know, if I look at my own uh, investment uh, opportunities, activities, and so on, uh, that my short-term activity produces far superior returns to the long-term portfolios that we pay people a bunch of money to manage. So I don't know. It's it's a it's something to think about. But here's what I mean. I'm going to share my screen, Mitch. And Let's so do for, it. for those of you who are new to Market Structure Monday, welcome. And uh, Market Structure is the, I say it's the behavior of money behind price and volume. Uh, but you can think of it as the mechanics, the nature of the marketplace. And these are things that you should do. You should always check what is broad sentiment. And it's right there at the top of the dashboard. I'm just going to refresh this so that it can reload. Uh, yeah. But broad market sentiment is the tape in effect. And if you went back 20 years ago, this would be less significant because uh, more money was was managed by active stock pickers who might have differing opinions and it would be more focused on what makes this company or this particular stock better than that one. Mm -hmm. uh, but today, with the great prevalence of passive investment, there are waves of money that come and go. It's the way that the market behaves. And when the wave is coming in, it's very easy to succeed. <laughs> When the, when the wave is going out, it's much harder. So the first thing to look at is what is broad sentiment? And it and this is just a way to think about it. This is the, the thing that moves around a lot here. That's, that's SPY. It's a proxy for the S&P 500. The green part of the graph, that is the wave of money coming and going. And look where it was right at the end of December. So right as index futures expired, sentiment was below the green line. The green line is a very good entry point. And I said to edge users, statistically, there is a 100% chance, just because that's what the data always show, doesn't mean it's going to be absolute, that the market rises in January because the wave is going to come in. And where is it going to go? It's probably going to go to what it has the least of, which at that point was tech. Mm -hmm. Then it peaked right at January options expirations. Then it, it, it's the, the level stayed high. It takes a while. You know, the tide comes in. It's a very powerful force and it takes a little time for it to begin to recede. Well, what's it doing now? And of course, we had this very strong market performance between this peak and present. But now the wave is beginning to recede. The supply level, which is short volume, is starting to rise again. So mm -hmm. I'm not saying that the market is going to decline. Morgan Stanley did today, said that they think uh, stocks will decline. But I would look at that. And with what is occurring this week in the market, another 1,100 companies that report results, but options expire again. Uh, that's that same thing that happened here in January. And that happens Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Will the market recede? Well, certainly the odds are higher. I'm not saying, again, that that's going to happen, but if you look at it mathematically, there is that possibility, and you have to be aware of this, uh, so that st stocks will not do what they do when the wave is coming in. A company can report 
reasonable results. And when the wave of money is coming in, those stocks outperform. When the money stops and when the wave stops and companies report results, boy, it's much more challenging for a company with reasonable results to get a good return. All right. Now, I did see that last week there was some surprising, right, of these earnings. There was yeah. Lyft, right, an important market structure. Let us know what we should have been looking at Lyft before the earnings to maybe give us a little bit of clue of what was going on underneath the hood. So I had, I'll tell you, I had to be reminded by my wife, Karen, uh, about the importance of what happens when stocks are 10 out of 10 overbought. So notice the Notice this very, very strong uh, demand. Demand is just an algorithm that looks at buying and selling by investors and traders and meters it on a 10-point scale. And so when it hits 10, I mean, it's good. It's good so long as supply isn't increasing. Uh, And so Lyft had this, you know, benefited from that wave of money that came in and up. This is price, closing price. Up it went from early January right up to earnings. But here's what happened. And and what my wife reminded me of is that when stocks are 10.0, we've been telling public companies this for a very long time. We're running data for Lyft so that Lyft could understand what its stock might do when it reports results. We would look at this and say, very strong demand, but rising supply will probably cause your price to fall. Why? Well, because some investors will stop what they're doing to, uh, to study the results that Lyft reports. There are bets tied to derivatives. If they're fulfilled, the stock goes up. If not, the stock can go down. The co- whatever composition of, of overall volume, it, it comes from derivatives, which across the market, folks, is close to 20%. Think about that. So if all of a sudden 20% of the market cap is worth zero, because people had bought calls with an expectation price would rise, what happens to that part of demand? It gets written to zero and the stock goes down 20%. How would you know? Well, every before earnings for any stock, and I had to do this too, I had to be reminded, I'll show you another one. So uh, when it's 10 out of 10 and supply is rising into results and broad sentiment is topped, you should be out because there is a high probability that a stock will decline. That is the lesson. So if you have positions in the market and you know those companies are going to report results, always check because it's very difficult to dig out of a 20% loss. It's far better to take your money out and you can always return. And I had to do that with Expedia. It was I was <clears throat> telling the folks on the demo last Thursday, every Thursday, by the way, 2.30 p.m. Eastern time, I hold a live demo for edge users. And it's a great you know, discussion. There'll be one on Fe- February 16th. So I had Expedia, February, what was it, the 9th? And I was telling folks, you know, I'm looking at this and, uh, and demand was, was, had stopped falling and supply, you know, really high. I had to be reminded to get out. So right after the demo, which ended at 3.15 p.m. Eastern time, I sold my position. And I'm sure glad I did because the stock declined pretty sharply. It's another lesson. If ahead of results, even, you know, you can say, well, the demand had come down. That's already a bad sign. Yes, it is. It is. You're right. It had stopped falling. I thought, well, there was a pretty good deficit, but what did supply do? It rose ahead of results. That's your signal. Rising supply ahead of results, particularly if it gets up there to 55, 56, 60 percent, 
of the all trading volume coming from borrowed stock, if any pause in consumption occurs, that excess supply will pull the price down. And you can see it and you can know. So I'm glad I sold my position before Expedia reported. Oh, my bad. Before, before mm -hmm. the report. Uh, Tim, just uh, before we let you go, um, boy, oh, boy. We, we've hit this uh, intermediate peak in the markets right here, uh, just above 4,200 in the S&P. So uh, we've had a nice pullback. There's a lot of high expectations for the market uh, to you know repeat the performance of January, February for the remainder of the year. Um, a lot of that, of course, is going to be tied to the CPI number, but we have tomorrow. Uh, but tech, tech had a really, really good January. Uh, and you look at this, uh, you know, what what uh, mechanics are you using to uh, determine whether the pullbacks in some of these stocks is a, is a buy the dip opportunity or, you know, a stock like Tesla going up 70 percent in a month. It's just, uh, hey, baby, you had your year, two years, three years, five years, and that's it. Uh, so the money going to flow back into tech. Well, here's how <clears throat> this is how I think about it, uh, Joel. So the number one, I can look at the supply demand equation in big tech. So we used to call these the fangs. So I'm going to look at what's happening in that group. And this is why the group did so well from early January. Let me just zoom in here. So it's, it's just a very simple 30 day view. But you can see very strong uh, and rising demand. The supply side rose at the same time. And it illustrates how demand trumps supply until they stop. So right at this moment, as we begin uh, this mid-February options expirations week for February expirations, demand is beginning to fall in big tech. Supply has come down a little bit, but it's over 50%. Mm -hmm. So do I expect a repeat of January from that group? Not unless something dramatically changes. And that's not the way that the market works. When money allocates to a group, it doesn't continue to do that, particularly when it's following a model. How much of money must be in, in big tech, let's call it communication services right next to it. There's some, you know, uh, Tesla's in consumer discretionary. I could go look at the, the tech sector. See, tech is now falling with rising supply. So that does not, that is not a harbinger of additional gains. Number two, this is the most important thing to me for, uh, from, from an edge user's perspective. So this, these portfolios right here, number one and number two, the only two I use to trade. And they're, they're mathematically constructed. That's not the point. The point is how many are in them. If you back up to February 2nd, before the jobs data, that shocking 517,000 uh, jobs gains number for January, which was flawed, flawed by the way, it's, not, it's incorrect. It's a model. It's not an actual number. They seasonally adjust that. There were 35 components in momentum. Now there are seven. So when you get below about 15 in momentum, momentum is over. So I look at that. Momentum is done. For the first time in 2023, there are more components in the low volatility portfolio than in the momentum portfolio. Barely, there aren't any in either one, which isn't a great sign. It tells us that neither low volatility nor momentum are great strategies into options expirations. But that data is very reliable because it's a great statistical sample of what the money is doing. When momentum is present, 
There are bunches and bunches of those, and you can see diverging supply and demand everywhere, and it's really easy to trade. When they're not, you should prepare. So my view, Joel, is that the momentum's done. It doesn't mean that the market's going to fall apart, uh, but I, we're not. I, I will go out on a, on a limb and say we're not going to repeat January in tech. You're going to have to find something else, and I can tell you where that is. Mm. Where is that? Where is that, Tim? Where? We, we want the secret stuff. <laughs> well, if, here's something very interesting. You know, we, we scatter plot data on the 11 sectors. And the sector that has been the most shorted in the market for the last two months is utilities. Mm. And that's beginning to change. For the first time in 2023, a utility showed up in the low volatility portfolio. Low volatility says, if the market turns rocky, where does the money go to hide? And that's what it's trying to find. And it goes into things like utilities, Pacific PG&E, curiously. I mean, there's a fraught colored, you know, uh, history behind that stock. But PCG is in the portfolio now. CVS, Coke, Shell, Energy showing up in there. Now, it's just mm. one. But if I'm looking at this, I would say Coke, Shell. These are great mm. choices that you could look at. CVS, Mondelez, Republic Services, Trash. Trash is stable. Uh, but, you know, Boston Scientific, these are the kind of things I would look at healthcare, utilities, big energy. Uh, those are the places I think that where the money is likely to go next. Now, you're not going to get, you know, the massive returns that you get in volatile stocks like tech, but you can produce reliable, safer returns this way. That's what I think we're going to see. Talking uh, risk off with uh, Tim Quast. Uh, right. I, I agree with you, uh, Tim. Tim, I, I happen to agree with you. I try to, uh, you know, keep a, you know, an even keel on the market, and uh, you know, I just look at the, uh, you know, the September and December highs, and uh, that's exactly where the market stalled here. Got got above it a little bit. Uh, earnings season is nothing to write home about, right? Uh, also no. with the guidance, and then and then finally, I mean, I mean, what if we get a hot CPI number? I mean, then uh, it's going to be, you know, I, then you're going to have your thousand point down day and it's going you know, to be back to, you know, 3,800. But we'll see how that comes out on Tuesday. I agree. It, it's a, it, it could happen. I'm not, and again, I'm not predicting trouble, uh, but we're in a much different position now in the market than we were a month ago. And it's important traders and investors to know that. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's counterintuitive. We're told, well, you know, you just, you buy and hold, you can't time the market. Well, yes, you can. And, and you should think about this. You should think about how do I protect myself from declines? Because the biggest harm that, that is done to your portfolio are big drops that you have to recover. Well, what if you could just portage around those? You know, if the yeah. market is, if you know that the market gets rocky around options expirations, well, why don't you just take your money out? If the market drops, you can always come back at a better price. Uh, but you can't get back what you lost. It's, you know, one of my favorite little pithy uh, catchphrases is yeah. it gains, not chances. And, and, you know, look what happened around options expirations. The market went, whoa, well, what if you just took your money out right here and then returned right here? Now you're ahead of everybody. You're ahead of the benchmark. So if you're aware of the context, what's the broad market doing? What's the context? Are there options expiring? Is it earnings season and so on? And are there divergences that you can trade? 
those are the three things to me that that in today's market you should be thinking about and we might as well avoid the things that create trouble for our performance love it couldn't say it better and like always we got to be asking ourselves what environment we're in market structure edge can definitely help you do that thank you like always tim enjoy the slopes out there wish i could Will be do. out there in the fluff it's all right fabulous. you you enjoy that tim like always and that warm fireplace always keeping the man warm let's get to the action joe are we finally getting a little bit of a leak or are we hanging in there it, it's a it's a slow leak it's uh you know uh, just 10 points 12 points off that pre-market high 41 15. uh just missed uh just missed a good weekly number here so i think the setup's gonna be pretty easy for the bulls and what the bulls got to do is get we got to take out that pre-market high right now it stands at 41.15 establish a bid there and not much resistance above that really uh you go way up to thursday's high i'm just afraid if the if the bulls cannot you know, establish a a bid here uh over 4100 we're actually real close to uh that close at 40.99.75 uh you know we go back and uh test the low close of the move that was 91.75 but so far that uh that early euphoria wearing off just a little bit in the market but uh we do have a disaster stock of the day out mm -hmm. there uh fis what, what's going they going what's going on with them fidelity coming in with their earnings adjusted eps at a dollar 71 beat the dollar 70 estimate sales at 3.71 billion beat mm -hmm. the 3.68 billion estimate where they went off there is is their outlook looking forward for fiscal year and also for q1 uh, fiscal year revenues of 14.2 billion to 14.45 billion the estimate was 15.01 so missing fiscal year revenue outlook there also q1 revenue outlook towards a upside of 3.425 billion consensus was 3.57 um, so also missing there on q1 revenue missing on guidance for q1 and fiscal year 23 big hit yeah, FIS traded down in the pre-market here. Come on, let me see if I can get some more. Boom, boom, boom. Where are we trading at here? Yeah, I know I'm not as good with these charts. Let me try. Uh, let me try this one here. Uh, trading down at 64 and a quarter. And without getting the pre-market, I'm going to try and find a daily area of any support. And uh, boom! Wow, you got to go back a long ways. You're also through. Uh, the 50%. I, the only thing I see out here right now is uh, 64.62. Uh, that was your November uh, 23rd low. Uh, and then your next daily low between that is 61.78. So trading down and um, if we can, I wish I could see the pre-market low there. Uh, but I'd be looking for uh, 61.78 if you're looking for uh, more on the downside in Fidelity National Information. We'll see how it affects stocks like Visa, MasterCard. Uh, those have been holding up. Will they start pulling back on a, a conversation like this? If you see them, they actually got hit on Friday. So look to see if they cut out through those Friday lows. That's what I'd be looking on Visa and MasterCard. All right, uh, Joel, any any comments on that Visa or MasterCard? Uh, wow, I'm just looking at Visa. Net. <laughs> I mean, that's a nice real nice run held up uh, after earnings uh now 
not really going with the rally this morning, but uh, closed up near the lows for the week. Uh, 226.16 was your low. Uh, closed at 227.20. Not really catching a bid here. Now I'm looking. I'm looking at these uh, daily support levels, and uh, you know, if you can't get this thing green, I don't. Right now, it doesn't feel like we're going up to the previous day high on this news. Uh, but under 226, look out. Uh, next daily low is. Uh, 23.67 and then 21.17. But just, you know, it, it had to move up. It had the consolidation and it's just now trying to catch a bit. So that's what I'm looking at here in Visa. And then for MasterCard, uh, M, always get that one. No, I always do M and it's MA. Make it easy. MasterCard, same kind of formation. That's holding up near all time highs and just had a couple lows in the same area. Uh, this uh, 363, now it looks like it broke down. So important important for all these stocks uh, is, you know, holding. We had the low of the week on Friday. You know, holding Friday's low uh, will be key. So, all right, Mitch, uh, good job here today. Uh, Triple yeah. D, I hope, hope you're feeling better and uh, dealing with uh, with the family things. Hope one's feeling better there. So I'm going to hop off. I'll catch up with you guys later on. All right, you guys can keep up with everything that Joel does, of course, premarketprep.com. And definitely, if you guys want to check him out at the close, we no longer have out the close show right here on Benzinga, but you got the closing print with Joel on Premarket Prep's channel. If you guys want to keep up with Joel at the close, he does still does it 3.30 to 4, but now called the closing print. And on pre-market preps channel, if you guys want to catch something here on Benzinga, we still got something for you starting the new show, right? I just started it last week, start swing trading. So if you guys want to see some swing trading action by, of course, myself, I've been taking some different swings still up on the Tesla holding to that one to 11.31. Let's see if we can get to 190s today. I think that's in play. Once we cut through the 190, I'll be looking to get a lot further down towards the 175. So I'm going to look to take some profits there into the 190s and continue going on the swing. You guys want to take a look at some swing action, definitely check out Start Swing Trading. That's going to start at 3 p.m. Eastern today. Don't want to miss that. That's from 3 to 4 p.m. I'll bring on traders on there that swing trade themselves looking at trades. So if you guys are some swing traders and you want to put out some uh, setups out there, reach out to me by all means, Mitch at Benzinga.com. I'll bring you on to the show. We're going to do a lot more with that swing trading show. Show you guys some more live trading action, right? That's what you guys are asking for. That's what we heard about on live trading. You guys want more. So we're going to bring you right to that. Now we'll bring you to live trading. That's coming up next. And of course, we're going to keep going with trading in the zone. We're almost through the first book this year. So if you told yourself to this year that you were going to read more books, but you still haven't even started your book or finished the book, well, join us on the book club as we continue going through different books. Excited to get towards our next books. Also, we're going to do Burn the Boat. That's with Matt Higgins, a shark. Yes, a CNBC shark. You guys don't want to miss that. Excited to get into that book. That's going to be starting at the end of the month. Keep going with us on Trading in the Zone. We just had our best episode. Got multiple comments that it was our best episode. So if you guys missed that episode and are part of the book club, definitely check your email for that exclusive link. And don't be handing it out to those people out there. They got to be part of the book club. 
if they want to join. Like always, you guys can join the book club. Hit the form down below. I'll give you guys the link. And now to get you guys over to some live trading action, let's see if we can go ahead and nail some trades today. I'm still in some swings, so I'm going to focus on those first. But I'll get to some day trading action. You guys follow along. We'll see if the aliens can continue us a little bit higher. And who knows? The X-Files out there? Dun, dun. We'll see. Live trading coming up now.